Jim promised me that uh, if the service went too long, an alarm was going to go off on his telephone and let me know that I preached too long. I said, well, just time it for the dance that, that we just sang. We did that one pretty fast. I saw a poster um, that read when I was at some church visiting in Berkeley that said, behold the turtle. It only makes progress when it sticks its neck out. Behold the turtle. It only makes progress when it sticks its neck out. I'm thinking about uh, the unique family of faith that we represent, those who keep on passing on the baton to those who are coming after us. Pilgrims, really, we are, celebrating God's presence as we journey through life. I think of those who went before us, and the celebration of the gospel, the message from Ruth. What a powerful message of Ruth. Remember, she was a Moabitess, a person not of Israel. And she found after her husband died, and she was a single person, that she was alone and had a little purpose in her life. But she saw in her mother-in-law, Naomi, a special person who had a discipline in her walk with God and a faithfulness that inspired Ruth. And so Ruth decided to change her course and to move away from uh, the tradition of the Moabites and become an Israelite. You never know how the future is going to be impacted by the decisions we make today. And it turns out that Ruth, who was a Moabitess, became the great-grandmother of King David, Israel's greatest king. Think of the people of Israel and our heritage that we celebrate in part today through the sacrament of baptism. How they, our ancestors, crossed burning deserts and faced tyrants and challenges of all sorts, one of another. And then they discovered what was God's purpose and promise, challenging them always as they came to boundaries of the unknown to go forward in faith. Now, boundaries are not always all geographical boundaries. Boundaries are often fears that bind us. What love sustains us? What hope compels us when we're at those boundary places in our life. What we encounter on Sunday mornings in our worship are what I call branching moments, moments on the journey, where people, our ancestors particularly, had to make tough decisions with the promises of God to move forward, to confirm and conform to the world was their challenge. Now, baptism is certainly one of those branching moments where symbolically we reject the power of evil and put on Christ. And when we do, we reaffirm the transforming power of God's saving love. And sometimes, sometimes, the world changes. I was thinking of of branching moments. Uh, Each of uh, the scripture lessons we, we read this morning really are branching moments. You think of Ruth, who made a decision to follow Naomi, a single woman, Uh, facing all sorts of obstacles at that particular time. And through following Naomi, her life changes. And because of the decisions Ruth made, we are beneficiaries of the faith that descended from that family. Remember David, the great King David. The Messiah would come from David's lineage. And Ruth was one who was not an Israelite, and yet she became the mother uh, who eventually uh, had the descendant King David. 
The song of the hymn of promise, uh, the beautiful one we sang today, Trusting God When We're at the Edges of Our Life, you know, is written by Natalie Sleeth. And it is such a beautiful hymn. When her husband was near death, she was penning these words and thoughts as she was connecting with God. And the seed is an apple tree and cocoons a hidden promise in our death, a resurrection, something God alone can see. There are moments of testing in all of our lives, and if we believe and practice what we believe, we will live into a different future. Now, some of you might be facing branching moments right now, wondering where God's presence is in a time of crisis or uncertainty. We look for God's healing power, his love to sustain us in moments sometimes that we are facing in difficulties. I think of the example uh, that came from the scriptures, uh, the example of the mother eagle. Uh, The story is that the mother eagle, in teaching her eaglets how to fly, uh, nudges them from the nest, which is always the highest place in the, in the, the neighborhood where eagles are. And what she does is at the right time and right moment is to nudge them from the nest. And you can imagine it's a pretty fearful moment if you're that eaglet, never using your wings before. What she does is drop them and alternately catch them until they use their wings to fly, to use the very gifts that God has given them. It's, a, it's not very loving if you're that eaglet. But trusting in the promises of God, talk about tough love. If you're that eaglet, you would certainly experience that, to use that which God has given you. The second uh, text is really about the ascension. And Jesus is giving his final words to the disciples. This is Ascension Sunday. But basically, the ascension isn't focused on all of that much. Jesus has been with uh, the disciples for a time, and the church has decided to put the number 40 on it to uh, amplify the very long time throughout the scriptures. The number 40 always emerges, only to be completed by 50, which is uh, multiples of holy numbers, which is uh, the day of Pentecost. So what Jesus is saying on the last words to his disciples is that they will be, you will be, my witnesses in when I am gone. And so the passage is a promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit which will take place in about 10 days as the church records the time, when the Holy Spirit will come and fill uh, the room where the disciples are and the birth of the church will take place. So as Jesus ascends, the message is the promise of the Holy Spirit is coming and he will, or the Holy Spirit, will empower you to go out with the message of forgiveness and the rejection of sin and the promise of healing and forgiveness. Go, be in the world but don't be a part of it. Go and be salt and be light wherever you are, as Jesus commissioned to his disciples, his church. uh, There were other promises that come to I I went to a a dance, and uh, little Alexis was in it. Actually, it was a marathon, because there were, um, I don't know how long that go on, about two hours of uh, mostly young women dancing to the choreography uh, that about eight choreographers had, uh, had taught them. And it was amazing to see the, the ability and the uh, finesse that uh, most of the young women had developed. And I kept thinking, how can they dance this way to all different kinds of music? 
And they came to me, of course. They had to practice. They had to practice what the choreographer had teaching them. And now there were dance after dance after dance. And they were all different dances that these mostly young women have learned. And I thought about, it's amazing how they can learn and dance those steps. And you know how they did it? Through practice and practice and practice. They stayed connected to that which they were taught so that they could remember to do the dance. But you know, when, when some of those uh, dancers, particularly the older ones, uh, danced, it was a thing of beauty as the lessons came across uh, to the dancer. And that was Friday night and Saturday, Sunday night, excuse me, got to go to a concert over in Paradise where young artists were awarded. And they, one little girl was 12 years old and she played the violin just incredibly well. And you know, there comes a moment when the musician is no longer paying, playing notes. Uh, they're playing the music, and the music uh, becomes a part of, of the person playing the instrument. And a 17-year-old young man uh, won the uh, award for that age category, and he played the piano, and it was the same principle. His hands were going so fast, I couldn't believe uh, he was able to play that fast. There comes a time when the music and the musician become one. When you think about this beautiful song we just sang. Jesus said, I am the Lord of the dance, and I'll teach you all to dance that dance. If you live in me, I will live in you. He's talking to his disciples. You will be my witnesses. Now, I remember that old conundrum. Uh, if you're on trial for being accused of, of being a Christian, would there be enough witnesses to convict you? of that crime. You will be my witnesses, Jesus says. Discipline, practice, attendance at worship, reading the Bible, praying, these all parts of the disciplines of faith that help us to do the dance. There's a wonderful operetta fiddler on the roof. I'm sure some of you uh, must have seen that. Maybe you saw it several different times. They're, they're, they're dealing in that particular play with traditions. Remember, Tevia has these daughters, I think there were three of them, all of whom challenged his beliefs in tradition uh, about what they wanted to do with their future and how they wanted to live their life. And every time he got confronted by one of his daughters and their decision to go a different direction from him, uh, he had this discussion with God. And he was having a hard time, and so much of uh, that play remembers that beautiful song he sang, Traditions. Doesn't want to get rid of them, but love helps him deal with those times of transitions as he accepts uh, where his daughters are eventually going to go. Walk with me, and I will walk with you. We belong to God. I was... Uh, Reminded of, of times of decision, tough times when we wander far from places of safety. Shared this story with you one time when um, I got into Berlin when they still had the Berlin Wall. Remember, I, I shared that years ago, two years ago now. And it was illegal to be in East Berlin unless you had the right papers. And we got lost in a snowstorm and we got into East Berlin. It was the first time I was ever in a place where I was separated from everything that I believed. And you could feel the tensions of the East Germans as they uh, didn't want to deal with us as we got into Berlin illegally and they didn't know how. But to be on the East Berlin side of the wall at that time, it's a pretty scary place to be. 
uh, and they didn't want to acknowledge the existence of West Berlin, so nobody would tell you how to get to uh, Checkpoint Charlie. Finally, one young woman uh, gave us uh, the directions on how to get there. I remember standing there on the, the cold January night with those East German guards with their AK-47s in their hand, wondering if they're going to let us through, and then being able to cross over to a place called home that was still West Berlin and feeling in the place of a, a people and family that shared the same values as I grew up with. There are moments of decision. God calls us at those boundaries, those places that are tough, to trust that he will ultimately lead us home. It's hard to let go of the known and to go with God. And God is our dancing partner, and we, and we belong to God. Pray with me, please. Father, as we come together to worship you, we know that there are places and people who are facing boundary issues that are tough, wondering where they belong and where they fit in. There are those who've made decisions to follow you, Lord, whatever boundaries they face, and trust their future to you. We pray that as we celebrate what it means to be the family of God, that your spirit would continue to be upon us in this church as we go forward into the future. And we pray especially for those facing boundary issues today, uh, that your spirit would make it clear the way you would have them go. Fill us with that grace, Lord, and lead us home. We are yours. Amen.